Praise God, church. Amen. Amen. It's good to be together again. I trust your weeks were well. Amen. And God has been faithful. Have you seen the faithfulness of God? Amen. Amen. He's good and his mercies endure forever and ever. From generation to generation. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. I want us to look this morning. Uh, we're going to be in, in, in 1 Kings this morning. But before we get into the word, I want you to, to ask yourself, have you, ever, have you ever found yourself calling a wrong number? Huh? You've dialed, you've dialed a phone number and you thought you were getting someone. But then whoever answered that voice wasn't very familiar. And you were confused, and so you started asking, now, who are you? And they're asking you, you're the one who called me. Why are you asking me, who am I? Who are you? And so you have this, and finally you realize you've dialed the wrong number, huh? Or sometimes you're the recipient of the, of the one who's calling uh, the wrong number. Hmm? Somebody calls you by mistake. They think you're, they're calling somebody. And you know, there's, there's times when that can be so frustrating to have the wrong number. Because there's something that you need the answer to very quickly. You don't have time to waste. But, but the one who's answering that call, uh, it's like they, you, you know they don't have the answer to, the what, to what you're looking for. I remember the, those days that we lived in Kenya. I knew, I knew somebody dialed the wrong number. When I would pick my phone, I would say, hello, Ms. Kia Atirere. I knew, <laughs> I knew somebody dialed the wrong number by mistake. <laughs> They, even, even last night, there's a, uh, you know, I'm traveling to Kenya next week. The week after that, there's a conference that I wanted to attend. And so I looked at the poster, and they said, if you want to attend, uh, register by texting this number. And so I text that number. I introduce myself. I'm Pastor Andy from CCI Fort Wayne, uh, and I want to register for that conference. The reply that I received, they said, I don't know you. We've never talked before, and I don't know how you got my contacts. <laughs> yeah, and you know, they, they advertised that same thing. I even looked. Did I, did I write this, the number here? And it was the right number. I text the right number. But maybe, maybe they, they wrote the wrong number on the ad. I don't know. But the person didn't know. They wanted more information before they could register me. <laughs> I don't know. But that, that thing of having a wrong number can be so frustrating. It can be, it can be difficult. It can be a waste of time. And so it's important that we have the right number. That we have access to the one that we're looking for. Yeah? And so keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as we look at Scripture today. Uh, as I mentioned before, we're going to be in 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there. Or if you don't have your Bibles with you today, uh, you can follow along on the screen. But we're coming in halfway through the chapter, and what we've found in chapter 17, early in chapter 17, is when Elijah declared a flood. I'm sorry, Elijah declared a drought, not a flood. He declared a drought. And he said for, for however many years, for a few years, there's going to be a drought in this land. And so we're coming into the middle of this drought after three years from when Elijah made that prophecy. Now we meet up three years later into, three years into this drought, okay? And now, now that's where we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 20 
through the end of the chapter. So I have a lot of reading for you. Again, if you have your Bibles, follow along. If you don't have your Bibles, you can read from the screen. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 20 through 46. It says this, So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel, and he gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah said to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let us give two bowls and let them choose one bowl for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bowl and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. Then you will call on the name of, of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Verse 25, now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bowl for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many. And call on the name of, the, of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bowl which was given them, and they prepared it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them. And he, and he said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. He is either, either he is meditating or he's busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and he must be awakened. So they cried aloud, and they cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. Verse 29, And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering was evening, until, until the time of the offering, uh, the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Verse 30, then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And so all the people came near to him, and he, pre and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And then when the stones, then with the, with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seahs of, of seed. And he put the altar in order, cut the bowl in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of, of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near. And he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. 
Hear me, O Lord, hear me, this my, this, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up, I love how it says that, it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to Brook Kishon and executed them there. Verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up, went up, went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and he put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look to the sea. And so he went up and he looked and he said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again, verse 44. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. The hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and, gir and he girded up his loin and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So here we find these people who are so much struggling because of this drought of three years. And we find, we find a battle, a spiritual battle, let me say, that's going on between the prophets of Baal and Elijah, the prophet of Jehovah. And we, we see how because of this drought, they're trying so many things to bring, to bring the rain again. The, the, the prophets of Baal, they're praying to their gods, but they find no answers. Actually, the scripture says very clearly that no one even heard them. No one answered. There was no voice that responded. They were asking something that they needed. They were asking something that was beneficial, but there was no response. Actually, they were asking for the same thing that Elijah was praying for. When, they, when, they pray, when the prophets of Baal prayed and there, were no, and there was no response, Elijah said, let me ask the same thing. And Elijah got results. Actually, he, he, Elijah said, I want, I want to prove to you that the God that I serve is the one true God. That was Elijah's whole motive. Even back in chapter 17, early in chapter 17, when that drought was prophesied, that was the motive of Elijah, that he wanted to, he wanted to prove to them who is the one true God. Who is the God of Abraham and Isaac 
and Israel. Who is the God who has power? Who is the God who has authority that no other God has? Who is the God? Elijah wanted to show them and make it so clear in their lives that it's only Jehovah who can answer. It's only Jehovah who can come through. And so the prophets of Baal, they said, they, they, they were told by Elijah. Elijah told them, let's, let's have a contest. Let's have a contest of our gods. And we'll see which god can perform. Hmm? So Elijah told those guys, bring, bring a bowl, prepare the altar very nicely, and, 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 but don't, don't start a fire. Don't start a fire. So they did that. They brought, they brought the bowl they, they prepared it on the altar, and then they began these rituals. Calling to, calling to Baal, calling to their gods, bring fire, bring fire upon this altar and, and prove yourself. But what happened? Nothing. nothing. Actually, nothing happened to the point where Elijah began mocking. Maybe, maybe that God that you're praying to is Alienda Safari. Maybe that God, he's, he's in prayer. Maybe he's meditating on something. Maybe that God, uh, he's, he's asleep, and you need to pray louder so you can wake him up. Imagine, imagine Elijah mocking these, these prophets of Baal in that way. Finally, they decided okay, nothing's happening. So now Elijah said, bring me, bring me the second bull. I'll prepare it, and I'll, I'll put it on the altar. The same way that you put it on your altar, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prepare I'm going to prepare this bull on this altar. But, but I don't want to only prepare the same way that you did. I want, to, I want my God to prove himself to you. And so Elijah told those guys, go and fill some, some water pots and pour it over my bull, pour it over the wood, pour it over the altar, and then we'll, we'll dig a trench in the ground and even fill that one with water. And so they dug, they pour so much water, pour so much water, so much water. And you know what happens when wood becomes wet? How easy can it burn? Uh-uh, it's difficult, huh? Anything that's wet, you'll, you'll, you'll really struggle. If, it, if not impossible to make that thing burn. Elijah said, bring so much water and pour it here, pour it here, pour it here. And what happened? Fire came and consumed the bull. It consumed the wood, it consumed the stone, and Scripture says it came and licked up that water out of the trench. Hey, here's the difference. The prophets of Baal were calling the wrong number. When Elijah said, let me do something, Elijah had the right number. He was calling the right number at that time. You know, there's times, there's times even in this life, when we we're looking for answers, we're trying to find solutions to the problems that we're going through. We're trying to come up with how am I ever going to get beyond the mess that I'm in. I just keep seeming to walk in this circle and I walk in the same cycle and I never get out of my lifestyle that I find myself living in. And so we, we turn to drugs and we turn to alcohol and we turn to all these things but we're calling the wrong number, and when we, when we reach that number of alcohol, when we reach that number of, 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 of self-fulfillment, when we reach whoever picks that line of drugs and, 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 and zombie ayote, we find that one has no answer. It has no solution. But 
When we get in connection with Jehovah, all of a sudden things change. All of a sudden the impossible starts to become our reality. What we used to call impossible now becomes our reality. It becomes our reality. Amen? So let's look now. Can I have the next slide, please? I want you to know God has a Safaricom number, okay? This is, this is God's Safaricom number. Huh? 0721-333641. I don't know why you're not pro programming that in your phones. Huh? I'm giving you the phone number. Huh? Huh? God's phone number. Now, let me tell you, let me break this number down for you, okay? Of course, of course, a number has to start with 07. Sindio. Come on, it's like a number of Safari come. You can expect it has to begin in 07. But, you know, the things that God does is, is very... Per now, let me, let me preface this. I'm taking so much liberty from this point on, okay? You won't find this number in Scripture. Now, this is the, now I'm taking some liberty, okay, to, to, get, to get my point across, okay? Don't go and tell somebody, Pastor Andy's preaching, Safaricom is in the Bible. Uh -uh. <laughs> I'm taking some liberty, okay? 07, the things that God does is perfect. The things that God does is perfect. If you look at the way that, that God gave instruction even to build the tabernacle, everything was so precise. Everything was so exact. And there was a purpose for everything that God did. In this phone number, we're going to find some purpose, okay? 07. 07. Look again in verses... In verses... Uh, 44. Look at verse 44. Let's start in verse 43. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. And so he went up and he looked and he said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. And it came to pass that on the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand that's rising up out of the sea. Why? Why this number seven? Why this number seven? We find, we find the number seven also being used in the case of King who? Which king had leprosy and he was told to go and do something seven times? Aha, uh -huh, King Naaman. King Naaman had leprosy and he was told by the, by the man of God, go and dip yourself in the Jordan River. How many times? Seven times, seven times. What is significant about that number seven? Completion, perfection. But why, why, would, why would healing only come after seven times? Or why, why would that, that cloud only appear after the seventh time? What's the significance? The number of God. He's completed that. Uh-huh, he completed it on the seventh day. You're thinking, you're thinking too... You're thinking too beyond. This one's simple. Hmm? Huh? Just simple obedience. God said, go and dip yourself seven times and you'll be healed. If, if Naaman would have dipped himself six times, he would have never received that healing. If they would have only looked six times, I don't think that cloud could have ever come because he was told, go seven times. Go seven times. Zero seven in the number of God. Zero seven represents obedience. Can I have my phone number again? Can I have that phone number again? 07 represents obedience. 
obedience. When we want to call on God, when we want to call on God, we start with obedience. When we want to be sure that we're connecting to the source, connecting to the one that can bring solution, the one that can bring results, the one that can bring fire, when nobody else can bring fire, we have to start with 07. We have to start with obedience. Seven times that Naaman went and dipped himself, seven times that they went and looked, and it was on the seventh time that something happened, simply because they obeyed. Friends, if you want change in your life, if we want to see different results, and we're calling, we're calling, we're calling, but it's like nothing has happened, call a different number. Maybe you have the wrong number, and start, that number starts with obedience, obeying the Word of God. Sometimes we miss out on the solutions that God wants to bring because we refuse to obey what He says. Somebody asked in our Wednesday evening Bible study, somebody asked, why is it that so many people refuse to come and, and get their lives right with the Lord? So many people refuse to do so because they don't want to, uh, they want, they don't, they don't want to obey what Scripture says. But let me tell you today, there's so much blessing when we obey what Scripture commands. Because there's a reason, the same way with your children, as, as we raise our children, we don't just tell them, I want you to do what, I want, what I'm asking for, this, for my sake. No, we give them rules, we give them guidelines, we give them boundaries for their own sake, for their own protection, for their own benefit. It's the same way with God. God says, do things my way. Because I know what's around the corner. Do things the way that I've instructed you to, to them to be done because I know what's coming. If you want to access God, we start with obedience. We start with obedience. So that 07 represents obedience. 2 1. Go to verse 21. Chapter 18, verse 21. Chapter 18, verse 21 of 1 Kings. 07 2 1. Verse 21 says, Then and Elijah came to all the people, and he said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Friends, if we want to connect to the source, if we want to get that right number, if we want to get to the, the one who can bring help, we have to make a decision. We have to make a decision. So many people, so many times we find either ourselves or, or somebody that we know and love, we find they're, they're weighing in the balance. They're counting the cost. Will I go all the way with Christ or will I remain in this comfort that I find myself in? Will I sell out and give everything to Jesus Christ or do I just remain dabbling in, the, in this life of sin that I, that I love to be in. You see, Elijah tells those guys, make up your mind. Make up your mind. If God is the, God, is the king of kings, then follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. Get off the, the middle, the, 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 get off the fence. Get on one side or the other side. Another reason why we, why we lack that connection or why we find disconnection in our relationships with God or why we find our prayers going unanswered is because we're not making a decision. We're not making a hard decision saying, now I'm, 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 I'm making up my mind. Scripture tells us in the book of Revelation, 
God says, I would rather that you either be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. That lukewarm, imagine you're drinking coffee, and it's that lukewarm, I'm going to cold, ah, ah, but he, you, don't want, you don't want cold coffee, huh? Unless it's, sometimes they make it that way now. But that, that lukewarm, you don't want it, you don't want that lukewarm taste. God despises that lukewarm. And what he's saying, what God is saying by, by either be hot or cold, is he's saying either, either follow me, either let's go somewhere together, or figure out who you want to follow. But don't have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. Because if the rapture happens, you'll have problems on the way up. Huh? You have to be either in or out. <laughs> you have to be either in or out. Don't dabble in one or the other. Don't, don't mess around. Get serious with the things of God. Get serious. Elijah tells those guys, how long are you going to falter between two opinions? That's a question I need to ask myself sometimes. How long am I going to falter between two opinions? How long are you going to wait to make up your mind? You know, there's, there's, there's those people, there's those times where we've, we've, we've preached and we've preached and we've preached and we've, and we've preached and still somebody doesn't want to make up their mind. How long are you going to wait? Will you wait until judgment day? Will you wait until you hear that trumpet being blown and then you'll make up your mind? Don't wait that long because by then it's too late. Make up your mind. Scripture says, while you can hear his voice, harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Make a decision. If you want results, make a decision. 0721. The next number in God's phone number is 33. 33. Let's look at verse number 33. Verse 33. It says this. And he put wood in order. This is Elijah now. And he put wood in order, cut the bowl in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And he said, now fill four water pots with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Now this one's very important. This one's very important. The principle that we find here is there's so many times when we're trusting God for something. So many times when we're trusting God for something, that we take it upon ourselves to go and try to open some doors and see if God's inside those doors that we're opening. Are, are we together? We take it upon ourselves to try to be the ones to open doors. But what does Revelation tell us about who's the one who opens doors? God. It's God who opens doors that no man can close. And it's also God who closes doors that no man can open. If it's God to open doors, why am I reaching for the doorknob? Hmm? If it's God to, 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 to open my destiny, why am I trying door number one, door number two, door number three? Why am I the one that's opening doors if it's God to open doors? Elijah said, I want, I want God to prove himself. I want God to be the one to show you beyond any shadow of a doubt. Elijah said, let God prove himself. There was, nothing, there was nothing that Elijah could have manufactured. There was nothing that Elijah could have manipulated. There was nothing that Elijah could have brought about in his own strength. And he said, let me allow God to prove himself in this situation. 
And so he told those guys, now bring the water pots. Bring the water pots and, and, and cover, baptize, huh? Baptize this bowl, the altar, the wood, the charcoal, even, even in that trench, cover it with water. Cover it with water. When you're asking something from God, when you're looking for that source, don't try to open your own doors. Don't try to open your own doors. Because sometimes, sometimes, you know, when we're, when we're looking, when we're seeking something, in our minds, we can try to manipulate the provision of God. Are we together? In our minds, we can manipulate. You say, God, I want this, I want this, I want this. I, 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 God, I, I'm, I'm praying for a spouse. God, I'm praying for, for, for a husband. I'm praying for a wife. And you're praying, and you're praying diligently, and you're praying fervently for that spouse to come. And so you start looking, is, is he here? Is she here? I don't know, maybe this is the one. Oh, this is the first one that I saw. Let, let, let us, let's get married. You're the first one that I saw. Huh? Uh-uh. No. But we do that too often. We're praying for something, and we manipulate the provision of God in our own minds, and then we miss out on the one that God really had for us because we've tried to open our own doors. Elijah was teaching them, let me, let me show you the way that my God answers prayer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it humanly impossible that you're going to see that it's not me. 30, what, did I, what am I on? 33, 33. Let God show himself. Don't open your own doors. Let God be the one to open your doors. Amen? The next number, 36, 0721, 33, 36. Let's look at verse 36. And it came to pass, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and he said, this is Elijah's prayer, capture this, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God. In Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things according to your word. Verse 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Where is Elijah's focus in this prayer? On God. He's not praying a prayer saying, Lord, make me more famous. Lord, make me popular in their eyes. He's not praying and saying, Lord, I want to be the one who's known for bringing fire on this wet altar. God, I want to be the one who they, who they bring now their offerings to because of what I've done. No. He says, Lord God of Israel, Abraham, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God. Let it be known that what I've done is according to your work. It's not my own ideas. Then let it, let it be known that today you're coming and you're revealing yourself because you want to turn everybody's focus back to you. 30, 36, Elijah made it all about God. He made it all about God. There was no selfish ambition. There was no selfish desires. There was nothing that he wanted to bring upon himself. But everything was being focused back to Jehovah himself. And friends, again, this is key. 
when we're trusting God for something, when we're, when we're looking to God for answers, when we're looking to God for results, check your heart. Is there something selfish inside there? Is there something self-serving inside there? Because it'll block, it'll block the provision of the Lord if there's something selfish. You remember how David prayed in Psalm 51, Search me, O God, and see if there be some wicked way in me. And then he says, cleanse me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Search me, O God. Search me and try my ways. Know my thoughts. See if there be some wicked way in me. Elijah, Elijah's focus was right. And he got results. He, 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 made, he put the focus on Jehovah. He put the focus on the Lord. It wasn't anything about make me this. Give me this. Let me have the uh-uh. It was all about Jehovah. It was all about the Lord. The last number, the last number, 41. 41. Let's look at verse number 41 together. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. There's the sound of abundance of rain. I wish that I could hear what Elijah heard. Because I, I don't know that I've ever described something as, as calling it, it sounds like abundance of rain. You know, we have those heavy, heavy rains that come. But I, even to use that terminology, of, I, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I've never talked like that. I've never given, so what was it? How was it that, that Elijah heard what he described? And then it took Ahab seven times to go up and look and it was, un, it was until he looked for seven times that he saw that cloud that was only the size of a man's hand. It wasn't those big black clouds that came. But in verse number 41, Elijah believed God for his promises. Faith, faith was activated. Before that cloud was even there. Remember earlier I said that if, if they hadn't looked for those seven times, I don't think that cloud would have came. Because that was the word that was given. They walked in obedience. Hmm? Zero seven represents, talked about obedience. They walked in obedience, and on the seventh time, that cloud came. But Elijah believed God. He believed God. Faith was activated to the point where he said, go and look because I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And you remember, it hasn't rained here for how many years? Three years. Imagine the suffering that's happening in that land. Imagine the, the, the depravity. Imagine the death. That's come. Imagine the hunger. Imagine the, the lack that's in that land. But Elijah says, Elijah, you remember it was, it was Elijah that prophesied that that drought was going to come. And now it's Elijah again that's saying, God, you've done, you fulfilled your, your desire. God, you did what you wanted to do. You brought people's focus back to you. You brought people's attention back to you. Now I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And it didn't take long. It didn't take long. Let's finish reading that together. From verse, uh, from verse 41 through the end. Let's read that together again. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the, Mount Car went to the top of, of Carmel. And he bowed down on the ground, and he put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now. Look, to, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked and he said, there's nothing. 
And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it hasn't rained in seven years, but they're telling Ahab, go and get your chariot in, in, in three years. Thank you. They're, go and, and prepare that chariot because you, the rain is going to come so fast that, that the rain can even stop you from where you want to go. Verse 45. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became not gray. It became black with clouds and with wind. And there was a heavy, heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and he went, went to Jezreel. Uh, look how fast, look how fast that rain came. When Elijah said, God, now you fulfilled your purpose. You did what you wanted to do. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. They went the seventh time and they saw that cloud. From the time they saw that cloud to when they could yell for Ahab, Ahab, go and prepare your chariot. Get ready because the rain's coming. While they were saying those words, the sky turned black and the wind started coming and the rain came heavily and mightily and there was no more drought in that land. But you see, friends, we miss out on the fire of God. We miss out on the rain of God. We miss out on the provision because we're calling the wrong number. We're trying to get help from a source that has no ability to help us. We're turning, when we need to be turning towards the Lord, we turn directly opposite. When we need to be turning towards, towards the source of help, you know Psalm says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth. When we should be turning our eyes up, we turn our eyes down. When disappointing times come our way, the first place that our head goes is down. But so, again, in Psalms it says, lift your eyes, lift your head. Why? It's because when we lift our head, we look up to the mountains where our help comes. When we, when we should be looking towards the source for all provision, for all help, that's the time that so often we turn and we look the other way. And we're wondering, Uy, Jamaat, I, I, don't know why, I don't know why you can't help me. I don't know why I'm not getting any help. I'm not, I don't know why I'm not getting any answers. And we get so frustrated in life. We get so confused. And sometimes we, we, we hang up on that guy and we, we throw the phone. Huh? There's no help. Nobody can help me when all that we need is the right number. All that we need is to direct, to, to direct our, our, our need in the right direction. And God's there ready and willing. Unfortunately, it took these guys three years before they looked in the right direction, before they got the right phone number. But Elijah said, it's okay. I have it on speed dial. Let me share with you. Hmm? Let, me give you let me give you access. Let me give you the one who can help you. They, they looked, they looked, they looked. It wasn't, it wasn't because they weren't looking. They were just looking in the wrong place. Friends, today, let me tell you, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a living testimony that we serve a God who is standing by, ready to help you with whatever it is that you're looking for. Whether it's a job, whether it's paperwork, whether it's whatever it is a spouse, whatever it is, children, whatever. 
He's ready. He has everything that he needs. He has every provision at his, at his fingertips. Whatever it is that you need, all we have to do is just call the right number. Connect to him. But as long as we pray, God, I need this now. I need it for me. I need it so that people will look at me. Uh-uh. He'll replace. As long as we pray, God, I, I need this, but I, I'm going to do it in my way. And God, if she doesn't look the way that I want, I'm going to refuse. Hmm? No. No. God says, no, I'm the one who does it. I'm the one who does it. He says, just align yourself with me. Just align yourself with me. I was talking to somebody on the, on the phone the other day, and this guy told me, he said, Andy, it must have been dark when you asked your wife to marry you. I said, <laughs> it must have been dark when you asked your wife to marry you, as in, as in she didn't know what she was getting into. And I, I, I said, no, that's the hand of God. For me to have a lady like that one, that's the hand of God. Nobody can, nobody can manufacture I was, I was ready to settle for whatever I could, I could get. <laughs> but God, no, God said, no, I'm, I'm giving you the best. I'm giving you high, high quality. Mm-hmm. When you do things God's way, doors begin to open up. But as long as you try to open those doors in your own strength, don't count on anything. Mm-hmm. So what have we seen here in this in this? Number of God. Obedience is necessary. Make a decision. Make a decision. Don't be halfway, halfway. Hmm? Make up your mind. Who are you going to follow? Let God show himself. Let God be the one to do what he can do. Be sure that your motive is right or that your intention is right. Be sure that it's about the Lord. It's not about you. Again, we're only ambassadors. Not that we're only ambassadors, because to be an ambassador is a high calling. It's a high ranking. But for us, we're ambassadors. It's not about our fame. It's not about our fortune. But we serve the King of Kings. And finally, believe God. Believe God. It's not, it's not the desire of God. It's not the will of God for those guys to live in drought for three years. Huh? No, God's a God of provision. God's a God of abundance. That's who he is. But as long as we want to do things our own way, he'll say, okay, go ahead. As long as we want to do things in our own strength, as long as we want to make everything about us, he'll say, okay, go ahead, go make yourself famous. I'll be here ready when you fail. I'll be here ready when you come back to me. Believe God. So friends, let's, let's not ask wrongly. You know how scripture says, you have not because you've asked wrongly. Hmm? Let's not ask wrongly. Let's not dial the wrong number when we're looking to, to get God in wrong. We have, we have access. As citizens of the kingdom, as ambassadors, we have access. Let me, let me finish by telling you a story that I've told so many times, and I'm sure most of you have heard this story, but I can also tell you it won't be the last time that you hear this story because I love telling this story. There was a, there was a, a, a young American soldier who spent some years serving 
the United States of America in the military. And he served faithfully and he served well. But he got word from home that his mother was very, very sick. And she was on her deathbed. And so she had, she, she sent word to her, to her soldier son that she, her, her, the last thing that she desired to do before she died was to meet the president. In those days, the president was Abraham Lincoln. And so the son said, of course, mom, I'll make it happen. I've been serving this country for years. The least that they can do is allow me access to the president, even for two, three minutes, to allow you to meet this guy before, before, you, before your time is finished. So they, he, he went for his mom. He left his post. He went for his mom. And they went together, and they sat on the White House lawn. And they said, okay, now are you ready? I'm ready. So they went, and they knocked that big door. And somebody came to the door. They opened the door. And the, the guard who opened the door said, who are you? And the, the young man said, I'm soldier so-and-so. I've been serving in this, in this uh, capacity for however long. And this is my mother. She's very, very ill. And her last desire before she leaves this world is to meet Pres uh, President Abraham Lincoln. The door was closed in his face. Completely rejected. Not even, not even given, uh, maybe you can come back later, not even given you can make an appointment, uh-uh, just slammed in his face. So now they went back to the White House lawn, and they sat there wondering, now we came all this way, only to be rejected like this. What, now what are we going to do? You know, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't, have, we don't have any means of transportation back home for another few days, and now we're just stuck. What are we going to do? But they noticed there was a young boy who was out playing in that, in that yard. And he was playing the way that young boys play. And this young boy noticed the, the soldier and his mother sitting in the yard. And he came and, and, and approached them. You know, young boys, they don't fear anything. He just came and approached the, 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 the son and his mother. And he said, what are you guys doing here? And the soldier brushed him off like, oh, you kid, you can't, you can't help me with anything anyway. But the boy insisted, what are you guys doing here? Why are you here? And so finally the soldier gave in and he said, well, we're here because this is my mom and she wanted to meet the president, uh, but we were, we were refused entry at the door. And the boy said, no problem, come with me. And they looked at each other like, they, they just remained sitting. But the boy insisted again and he started pulling, pulling on them, come with me, come with me. And so they said, okay, what's it going to hurt? Let's, let's just see what he wants to do. So they went back, they were following step one step behind this young boy, and they went to the same door that just a few minutes ago was slammed in their face. And this young boy didn't even knock at that door, but he went through that door, and he started going down this hallway, and he started going down this hallway as if he knew exactly where he was going. And nobody was stopping this young boy. He was walking by the same soldiers that refused them earlier, and nobody was stopping this kid. And finally, they came to the end of the hallway with a big door, and on that door was marked President Abraham Lincoln. And the same way that this young boy was running through those halls and, and not having regard for anything else, he walked, went right through that door, and he threw that door open, and he looked, and they could see from behind him that there sits Abraham Lincoln at that desk, and so, and they were shocked. They didn't know what was going on. But they heard that little boy when he threw that door open. He said, Daddy, somebody's here to see you. Access. This young boy 
had access because he knew who he was. He knew how to get a hold of the right people. He knew which doors to go through. He knew which doors would be opened to him because of who he was. Friends, today in the kingdom we have the same, same access to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. Why? Not because of everything good that we've done. Not because of all the, 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 the resume that we have prepared, but because of who we are as sons and daughters of the King of Kings and of the Lord of Lords because of who we are as ambassadors in this kingdom. We have access. We have that number on speed dial. Nobody, nobody can reject you if you'll just point your focus in the right direction. But there's so many times that we miss, that we miss because we, we don't, we, we don't want to look in the right direction. We want to look somewhere else. God help us. God help us. I want us just to close in prayer. And if there's something that you need to tell God today, I want you to take this opportunity. Maybe there's one small area of your life. Maybe there's one, one key that you've, that you've not tapped into the source. Maybe there's, maybe there's just one area that you know God has more for you than what you're experiencing now. And up till now, you've been looking to whatever, A, B, C, D, for, 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 for help. But you found, you found no solution. Today, can we get our focus right? Can we call the right number? Be done with wrong numbers. Be done with calling somebody that you don't even know who you're calling. No, call upon Jehovah. He's given you access. He's given you everything that you need. Every provision is yours. If we'll only call upon him. If we'll only call upon him. Heavenly Father, today I thank you because of who you are. I thank you, Lord, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the one who's seated upon the throne. Lord, today as we call upon you, as we make a decision to call upon you, Father, I pray that you would find us calling upon